Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. This morning, the theme for 2019. Are you ready for it? Not yet, not yet. Last week, we spoke about those who know who they are, know what they bring, and through that can do mighty things. And my heart last week, and I encourage you if you're away to get the podcast, it was a good one. And I know it was a good one, not because I spoke it necessarily, but because when I was preaching it, I was getting stuff from it. And I'm thinking, I've got to go back and reread these notes again and again for my heart. But we spoke about how what we agree with yesterday determines who we are today. And when we agree with who God has called us to be, it determines who we will be tomorrow. And how in life we can often agree with untruths. There can be untruths from society, from authority figures, things people have spoken over us. And when we agree with that, when we say yes to that, we produce fear and we produce unfruitfulness in our life. However, when we, when we agree with the Word of God, when we agree with His truth, it produces heaven in our life. And individually, I just wanted to encourage us as a church family to make sure that we shake off untruths and come back to the truth of who God has called us to be. Can I hear an amen? And so this morning, I want to just launch off that into what are the truths that we can agree with when it comes to our corporate anointing, when it comes through our overall church family. You see, when you come to a place of agreement, the Bible says, where two or more agree, it shall be done for you by my Father in heaven. And so when you agree with God about who you're called to be, there is agreement and power. When you agree with His Word, there is agreement. When you agree with somebody else in prayer, we'll just let me all agree in prayer and pray for God to move. And the Bible talks about how He will move and we agree. This morning, I want us to come to a place of agreement about who we are as a church family. And also who we're not. <laughs> Do you know that we're not called to be everything to everybody? And that's actually a very liberating thing. Other churches can carry other graces. Other churches have different flavors. And that's the beautiful, the beautiful aspects of the kingdom of God. And, and you know, often sometimes when people can leave a church, it's because, well, they didn't do this and they didn't do that. But they forget that maybe they did this or this instead. And they have to understand that there's not one church that does everything, but every church actually has different areas, particularly that God can grace us to walk in. And so as Celebration Church, who is it that God has called us to be? Do we know who we, who we are in God as a church? And through that, can we be effective in doing the things He's called us to do? My heart this morning is this, is that you walk away from this service in your heart going, I know who I am as Celebration, and I am so confident in who we are as a church. There is power in a godly confidence. The theme for 2019 is, we'll get it up on the screen, is raw. Yeah. It's raw. <laughs> a year of gaining godly confidence. 2019, raw. A year of gaining godly confidence. You've got to understand that when the church roars, 
something happens in the spiritual realm. When the church knows who they're called to be, something happens in the spiritual realm. We also have to understand that the enemy from the beginning, and I spoke on this last week, he will always have the same strategy, which is causing you to question what you carry in God and then corporately causing you to question what the church carries in God. Why does church division happen? Because somebody starts to question the grace and what God has called that church to do and says, well, maybe we should be over here doing this before you know it, there's two visions and the church then becomes ineffective. This is why unity is so important as a church. We have to be guarded over unity and we have to agree with what God has called us to be and therefore to do. I love lions. I love going to, well, the only place I've seen a lion is actually in a zoo. I'd love to go see a lion in the wild one day. Anyone seen a lion in the wild? Yeah? Yeah? Anyone been on a safari before? Yeah, a couple of people? I just think, I mean, I've seen them in the zoo, and even in the zoo setting, when you see a lion roar, it it sends shivers down your spine. There's something about the authority of a lion. There's something about a lion that, because a lion knows who it is. There's a reason why the lion is called the king of the jungle. It's it's not a hyena. (laughs) It's not some cowardly type of animal that is there being you know, skeeving or trying to, a lion is what it is and it does what it does. And I've never seen a lion apologise. I don't know, they don't speak English, but I, I, I doubt it would apologise about who it is. And as it says in Revelation 5 verse 5, if you're writing notes, I encourage you to write this down. And I encourage you to write notes because you can go home. God might speak to you. And I tell you what, if God starts to download a revelation to you, you want to have a notepad ready because there's a high chance you'll forget it. Revelation 5 verse 5 says, Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed, and he is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. The lion of the tribe of Judah has triumphed. You see, the Bible refers to Jesus as the lion of Judah. The great thing about that is that we have Christ in our hearts, therefore we have a lion in our hearts. We have a lion in our spirit. We have a confidence that only comes from having God in our hearts. But why is it as Christians that we often walk around with our heads down, tripping over ourselves, not being effective, just trying to survive when God has called us to be lions? Charlie just spoke the scripture about you are the head and not the tail. You will lend to many nations and not borrow from any. It talks about how God has given us victory. This morning I'm going to speak it until I see it in in, in our lives that we walk with our heads back, our shoulders back, and as a church have a godly confidence. Not a confidence based in our own ability, not a confidence based in our, our own good intention, but a confidence based in His reality. What is our reality? on earth as it is in heaven. This is the grace God has. That's some good preaching. We should be walking, talking expressions of the reality of heaven here on earth. We shouldn't be reflecting 
earth to earth, we should be reflecting heaven to earth. As a church, what we agree with determines who we become. Because there is power in agreement. Matthew 18, 19 talks about this. And I said this last week, but I'll say it again. When we agree with truth, heaven breaks out. But when we agree with untruths, fear breaks out. When we agree corporately on what we bring and who we are, get this, there is a multiplication in the spiritual realm when it comes to our effectiveness. It's so good. When us together say we know we're called to do this, this and this, and that's who God has graced us to be, what happens is agreement causes multiplication. When the boy came to Jesus with his two loaves, and, uh, sorry, two fish and five loaves, he gave it to Jesus and it wasn't much, but then what did Jesus firstly do? Well, he took it and, and then he's done this. It says that he stopped and he prayed and he agreed with the Father about what was going to happen. There was agreement and through agreement, there was multiplication. The agreement actually started when the boy agreed with Jesus and said, I don't have enough to feed 5,000. I have enough to feed one, but I know in your hands something could happen. It was just the heart of God. I know you can do something greater than me. He gives what he can. Jesus then agrees with him, agrees with the Father. There's a three-way agreement happening, and then multiplication breaks out because they're agreeing with who they're called to be. That day there was a roar. There was a roar that went from being inside their stomachs to being a roar when it came to the spiritual realm and miracles. This morning I want to encourage you that God wants us to gain a godly confidence in 2019. He wants you as a church to, and us as a church family to not, not be timid this year. A few months ago, I, I, the worship team was up here, and I've got a huge heart for worship, and I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to my, my heart and said, the key to go to a new level in worship for our church is for our team to stop leading out of a timidity, but instead lead out of the roar of the Lion of Judah. And so I spoke to them. I went to Monday Night Creative, and I said, we need to stop leading out of a mice spirit and start leading out of the line of the tribe of Judah to roar. Because that's what worship does, by the way. Worship roars. In the spiritual realm, it roars. It declares God's goodness. It declares God's power. It declares God's victory. And since then, I've just seen the team every week more and more get up here, and there is a confidence that I haven't seen for years. There is a, we're going here. Let's do this church. Let's see what God's going to do. But it comes down to do, what do we agree with in our spirit? What is it that we carry? Well, church, what is our roar? Our roar is this. We are a well of revival. If you're writing notes, I want you to write that down in capitals, highlight it, underline it, circle it 20 times. We are a well of revival. We are a well of revival. We are a well of refreshing. We are a well of healing. We are a well of breakthrough. We are a well of the supernatural. What does a well mean? Well, a well means you come to the well and you drink. 
You come to the well and you be refreshed. In the Bible, the well was a place of meeting. It was a place of community. If you wanted a wife in the Bible, you actually went to the well. That's why Jacob went to the well. I want to get married now. I'm going to the well. I don't know if that's a word for somebody. Get to the well. You see, the well represented so much throughout the Old Testament. Rivers of living water, the Bible talks about, are in, inside of us. And us as a church, we are a well of revival. Every time you overcome, every time you go through a trial, every time you don't give up, every time you come back to Christ in the midst of not understanding, you are digging the well of your heart. The deeper you go, the more goodness there is. There are people in this room who have spent years praying for our city. You know what you've done? You've dug the well. Thank you. Thank you. On Monday, we had our prayer meeting out here during the week, one of our community connects, and there was a group that came out, and they were praying for you and praying for our city. I get to hear testimonies of people who have overcome. They're digging their well. Keep digging your well. But we have to understand that there are enemies to the raw. When it comes to us as a church, you've got to understand this morning that the devil doesn't want this preached. The devil's worst nightmare is the bride of Christ realising that she is the bride of Christ. Realising she carries the authority of the kingdom. Realising that she is the head, not the tail. Why is it that so many churches struggle with conflicts? Because if the enemy can get you to question each other and question your own grace and question somebody, it gets us focused on ourselves. We have to understand that God says, I want you to lift your head, look to me, and I want you to roar. When you see situations, I want you to roar the authority of God. When you face a circumstance where you need a miracle, I want you to roar the authority of God. All authority has been given to who, church? To Jesus, and through Jesus, we carry his authority We have to then rise up in it because if we don't agree with this this morning, then the fruit of that will be a church that carries an ineffective spirit. Don't let fear, don't let past experience, don't let past situations, don't let past hurt dictate who we're going to be as a church. Because listen, we all have these leeches that try and hold on to us from our past. Every one of us has been hurt at some point. Every one of us has had things we've had to overcome and forgive. Maybe right now you're trying to overcome a wound. You're trying to overcome a situation. You're trying to forgive and it's so hard. Well, right now I declare the Holy Spirit, His grace. And as a church, we have to shake off the untruths. You will never hear me say that Celebration Church is a little church in South Nara. It's not our future truth. It's not our future call. You hear me preach out of what I see in my spirit. Now, if you don't know me, I I carry a prophetic edge. It's something that I do. It's a grace God's given me. I can see things in the spirit that haven't yet been, but they're real to me. I can see them. I think you're blessed to be able to partake of that. Um, Charlotte's the same. She's a very prophetic person as well. And so when I preached this morning, and and actually Bill said it to me, Bill Miller on Friday, he said, when you preach, you've got to realise you're not just preaching to those in the room. You see, I preach to our city. 
I preach to our nation. I preach to the, the thousands of families that are, who need reconciliation and healing and those who are struggling with health issues, both physically and emotionally, seeing freedom and, and those who don't know light, who are living in darkness, that we would be the gospel on the hands and feet of Jesus and see people get, get free. You see, this isn't a game for me. I get bored super easy with church. I don't want to do church with you the way that we've always done it. I want to see revival fill our altars. But we have to understand that in the past, revival has been God send revival and we pray like that. I feel like God these days is saying, I've already sent it 2,000 years ago in your spirit. The day of Pentecost has happened. It's more about the well of your spirit, the well of your heart overflowing with the power of the Holy Spirit. I actually think revival is more about self-realization these days than anything else. Because you have the same Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that Peter had when he preached and he saw 3,000 saved. Let's, let's, let's agree right now, because remember, what we agree with today determines who we are tomorrow. Who knows? That's the same Holy Spirit as we have today. The same Holy Spirit that was in Acts is the same Holy Spirit that we have today. Now, should we pray that God moves? Yes, keep praying. But let it be that the people of God realize that when they move, God moves. <laughs> I am a revival person. I have spent years reading about revivals. I have experienced that fervency in my spirit. When I was, a, when I was younger, when I was about 13, 14, the Holy Spirit got a hold of my life through our youth ministry. We had Julia Rebel came and spoke one day and, she, and we had a little gathering here and I sat against that wall and she spoke about being on fire for God and she said, be someone who's on fire for God. And I didn't know what it meant when I was a young, young teenager, but every day I prayed, God, I want to be on fire for you. And I'm telling you, he lay a whole, six months later, something hit me and I was just, my parents tell you, that was like I was a different person. I was seeing God move. We saw Kids saved every day in our high school. We started a program to see salvation. I was preaching, even though I didn't know what preaching was in terms of what I brought. And I just remember God just did something. Nat will remember that because he was part of it too. And I encourage you, revival is my DNA. I don't say these, I don't say these things lightly. This isn't a, a light issue to me. I believe that the Shalhaven will be known as the city where God dwells. The other day I was reading an article um, and it talked about how um, Nara was one of the highest Airbnb hosts in the whole state. I think it was the highest, like in terms of numbers. And that's, that's Jervis Bay, that's all of the Shalhaven. But then it said in the article, which is great for our economy, but then it said in the article, um, Nara also known as the highest meth user uh, rate in the state or something. And there was a link to that article. And I was just like hey, we need to roar right now. We need people set free. We need people to find the goodness of God because when you know your father, you're not a slave to fear anymore. You see, this is a very real thing to me and I believe as a church and, and all I'm asking for you this morning is agreement. That's all. To say, yes, we will be revival. Because we talk about Billy Graham how many people here gave the life to Jesus through Billy Graham, a Billy Graham crusade? 
yeah, there's, there's a bunch. My parents gave the house to Jesus through the Billy Graham crusade. I will always be thankful for that. We need a Billy Graham today. I'm going to change that. We need a church full of Billy Grahams. We need it. Because the Shalhaven will be set on fire for God when the church, instead of seeing it as an hour and a half meeting on a Sunday and that's my duty, says, I am the church. On Monday, I will be the church. Where I move, the Holy Spirit will move and I will roar because I have the lion of the tribe of Judah in my spirit. Anyway, let me get to my notes. So we have friends and enemies of our roar. The first enemy is this, that I want to speak on this morning, is isolation. An enemy to your roar is isolation. The enemy will work so hard at trying to isolate you because when you feel alone, it's a very dangerous place to be. Loneliness, in a, we're in an age where everyone's connected by social media, yet there is such a high level of loneliness. What is the answer to isolation? Well, the answer is this. The friend to that enemy is this. The friend is community. The enemy to the roar is isolation, but the friend is community. It says this in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. It'll be up on the screen. You can turn there if you want. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as the day approaches. I love this. And let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds. This is the church. Not giving up meeting together. Please don't give up meeting together, guys. Keep going to connect. Keep coming to Sundays. It says that some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Community this year. Community is actually your responsibility. I just want to just, I just want to just speak to this mindset. Community isn't the church's fault because I'm not in community. That is actually a very young mentality. I seek out community in my life. I make room for community. I call people. I meet up for coffees. I go out for dinner with people. I, Charlotte and I, we initiate community because without it, we feel isolated. How then can you find community? Go to a connect group. Make a priority. Oh, I'm so busy. Hey, we're all going to say I'm out of hours in the day. This is, I, I, I don't like that mentality of I'm so busy. My wife works two jobs pretty much. She's a senior pastor here and she's a high school teacher. She's got a lock on her plate. She saw her schedule, but she still makes room for this. Uh, and when we have kids, it'll be even more. And when we, uh, as our life grows, we'll get even bigger. Listen, it's about priorities. It's actually the conversation isn't about time. It's about priority. And so this morning, I want to encourage you for 2019 that the enemy, and please hear this, this is truth, this is God's truth to you, agree with this. The enemy will do what he can because when he attacks the sheep, the wolf comes, he doesn't attack, he doesn't jump into the middle of the sheep, launch in with its teeth there, with the shepherd close, with a big stick. He, a, a wolf doesn't do that. If he does, he's a bit of a silly wolf and he's not going to survive very long. 
What does a wolf do? And I know this because I've had dingoes stalk me at night time <laughs> on Fraser Island. I had a year 10 excursion there and it was night time and we played, you might have heard this story, we played Spotlight and I got to go and hide um, with a girl that I liked, which was fantastic. <laughs> it was above board. And anyway, we were walking back because we won the game and then and, and the ranger told us this. He said, don't leave the group at night because they're dingoes, aren't they, Fraser Island? Because they will start to stalk you. And he wasn't joking. We could see, like, 200 metres behind us, this, this dark shadow. And it wasn't our imagination. It was because we were away from the group. People get attacked by dingoes on Fraser Island, especially tourists. But we were a tourist that time. Why? Because the dingo's not going to jump into the campsite and it's not like a bear, it's, it's cowardly. It, it, it tries to, nothing against dingoes, but they, they wait. <laughs> hey, let's bring it back to the Word of God, the one truth we have in an inconsistent world. The Bible says, it says, sheep and wolves. It says that sometimes wolves, uh, sheep will dress up as wolves and get involved. But it, it, it basically talks about how he is our great shepherd. Listen, church, don't let the enemy isolate you out because that's when the wolves will get you. That's when your mind will get you. That's when your discouragement will get you. That's when you'll feel alone. That's when you'll start getting attitudes because there is not a river of community to help you. What does it say? We just read it. Don't give up meeting together. It says spur one another on in loving good deeds. And then it says encouraging one another. You need good friends. <laughs> You need a good connect group. If you can't find one, start one. Yeah? Why? Because why wouldn't you? Life is too busy and too full on to not have good community. But I actually, as the pastor, want to say this. I put the responsibility back on you. It is not my responsibility to make you be in community. I'm not going to baby you that way. It's up to you to put yourself in community. Make room for it. Now, please understand, I'm not thinking of anyone in any situation right now. I'm thinking about the future of our church. I live this in my life, guys. I live it because I need community. Make it your conviction to be in God the community. Start a connect group. Start a community connect this year. If you like motorbikes, start one around guys who like motorbikes and go riding. If you like fishing, start one around fishing and go out and hang out and together encourage each other in God to catch some awesome fish. If you like craft, do a craft group. If you like cooking, do a cooking group. If you like sitting around and having a latte, sit around and have a latte. I don't really care what it is. You can have a Netflix group if you want. I don't really care. Listen, my, listen to my heart on this. My heart for you is this, is that you have somebody in your life when you go through rough moments to lift you up. You need it. I just want you to have that. I just think you, it's, it's, the Bible talks, don't stop meeting together. Sunday corporately is great, but hey, who knows, it's busy, there's things happening, people are serving. It's those intimate moments around a dinner table. Who can you be real with today? Who can you talk to and who can lift you up when you're going through a tough moment 
Who can stop and say, let's pray together and let's, let's actually ask God to move in this situation? If you're not in that in your life today, 2019 is your year. <laughs> Be empowered, roar with community. Stop isolation. The enemy will do whatever he can to isolate you. This relates to our codes. If you want to find out our community, sorry, our celebration codes are on our website. But we are all about Jesus. We are blessed to be a blessing. We love people and we will celebrate. These are community codes that we have. I love the idea of being in a connect group where you can celebrate each other's victories. Oh, family, it's so important. And I just want to pray just for a moment. Father, right now, if there's anyone in this place who feels isolated, I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would encourage their hearts. Anyone who feels lonely, anyone who feels discouraged, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to their hearts afresh and that you would cause supernatural friendships to form and also help them in Jesus' name. Amen. At some point, I want to speak about friendships and building friendships, and we'll wait another day. I have a thing called a friendship plan in my office. I'll bring them out on the stage for you. I, every time I counsel someone and it comes up, I point to it and say, this is the friendship plan. In other words, what you water grows. What you're so into grows. You want good friendship? Take time out. Take someone for a coffee and build it. Whew. The second thing is this. The enemy to your roar is comfort. The enemy to your roar in 2019 and our roar as a church has been comfortable. I wonder what would stop us from coming to church. <laughs> I wonder what would stop you from coming to church. I, I wonder what inconvenience, the level of inconvenience that would have to be for you to be like, oh, I'm not going anymore. Uh, I talk about how we went to Bethel last, a couple of years ago and Bethel Church over in Reading. This is a church, they live revival, they speak like I speak, they, they believe that they live it every day and they're seeing it. A church like now, they've got 10,000 people. In a, in, a church, in, a, in a town in the mountains. But it takes half an hour to find a car park in their car park. Half an hour, you turn up to the gate and it takes you half an hour. Hey, in Cole's car park, I'm done in a minute. <laughs> if there's no car park, I'm out. I'll come back a different day. <laughs> Anyone else like that? I just don't have time for that. Well, this church, literally, half an hour to drive around. I wonder what our level of inconvenience would be for us to stop meeting together. And then the pastor, he's open about it. He says, and then once you get a car park after 25, and, and by the way, that's not him exaggerating. They've timed it, 25 minutes to 30 minutes to get a car park. And then he says, once you get a car park, there is a good chance that there won't be room in our kids' facility for your kids. He says it openly. There's too many kids. What would our level of inconvenience be when it comes to revival here? Like these are just little examples, but when you're in that church, I'm telling you, it's it's a different, different animal. As soon as worship starts, that place is every hand lifted, crying out to worship Jesus. We sat in the service in the auditorium for an hour just to get a seat before the service started. You see what I mean? You see, that's when, when there is a hunger for God. Not just for His church, not just for Him, but for Him. 
Could you be that? Could I be that? What if there was no seats here for you? What if there was no car park for you? Would that be enough to stop us? Well, I wonder why we don't see what we dream in our hearts. Well, maybe God is challenging us today to believe for a greater roar. You see, comfort comes in and we all want to be comfortable. There's nothing wrong with comfort in some aspects. For me and my wife, I want us to be financially comfortable. I want to be able to raise our kids in relative financial comfort. I want us to be in a place where we can give away cars and holidays and one day houses because financially we're set up. That's just one example, by the way. That's, what we, that's our raw. We want to have that raw. But comfort becomes dangerous when comfort becomes an idol, when it becomes a motivation above living for Christ. Comfort has destroyed so many moves of God and so many Christians affecting us over the years because, and let's use a really personal example. We come into church and in the olden days, there was a guitar on the stage. Well, that is from the devil. That is rock music. Yeah? And who here can remember those times? Yeah, it's actually a very real thing. Huge credit to those of you who didn't get offended by that and are still around. But for some people, they're still caught in that. Well, that's how the world does it. We have to have an organ. Yeah? Because that's what they were used to. You see, that became a level of a thing of comfort. It was a mentality thing. It was, I feel comfortable. A drum kit is too much. I just want to have something else. Now, it sounds really silly, especially to the ones who are younger here, but our older generation fought these battles. And I thank you to the older generation. Thank you for fighting these battles so that these young guys can enjoy some of the things they enjoy. So comfort, if it becomes an idol in our life, causes us to become ineffective. I'm going to use a biblical example. Old Testament, what happened? The Israelites were moving through the wilderness, moving through their life, moving through the promised land even. And when they went through seasons of comfort, and you see this happen time and time and time again, what did the Israelites do? The Israelites turned to idols. Read it if you don't believe me. Go through the whole Old Testament. The pattern stayed the same. We rely on God. We need miracles. The enemy's coming. God, we turn to you. We repent. He comes. He moves. They come back to God. They come back to his goodness. And then they sit there and they sit on their butts and they get comfortable. And then someone goes, oh, maybe we should start to worship an idol. They get an idol. They fashion it. They start to worship it. Other idols from around other lands. They intermarry, all the rest. Before you know it, they're away from God. And then God gets angry. And then the enemy comes again. And they turn back to God. And this cycle goes on. I wonder in our life if comfort causes us to take our eyes off God. I wonder as a church if comfort will cause us not to believe for greater things. I wonder if comfort will stop us from believing for impossible situations. You see, there's something powerful about in your crisis turning to God for a miracle. Amen. But there's something just as powerful in your place of comfort still turning to God for a miracle. There's something about all your life being awesome. Your family's good. Your finance is good. Your health is good. Your friends are good. Your church is good. I feel like my life is just a peach right now. But beware that in the midst of that season, 
that we don't lose our desperation for God, that we don't lose our desperation for His kingdom and for miracles and for pushing forward. I tell you what, someone who can still stay hungry for God in the midst of that, that is a man or woman of God. But as a church, when we're seeing things, we're already seeing God move. We're seeing great things happen as a church family. But let's not be comfortable. We are blessed with a great church. I don't know if you realise it, but we actually really are. And I speak to many other pastors around the state and around the nation, and a lot of them are in much, much harder positions than we are. We are blessed, but let's not let comfort become our God in the midst of of that blessing. Let's believe God for greater things. Why? Because that's what He has for us. It says, uh, says, sorry, the the enemy is comfort, but the friend is adventure. The enemy is comfort, but the friend is adventure. Reject comfort, embrace adventure. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says, It is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Ah, oh, this is so cool. I love this. Make 2019 a year of adventure. If you're married here, chat to your husband and wife, husband or wife, husband and wife, chat to them about 2019 being a year of adventure for your family. If you're single here, chat to the Holy Spirit about having an adventure with God this year. Why is it important? Because adventures are fun. Adventure denotes not knowing necessarily where it's going to go or how it's going to go. But if you have an attitude that if God is for us, who can be against us? I am the head, not the tail. Who knows what God has prepared for you this year? As a church, let's come together in agreement. Let's reject comfort and let's embrace a spirit of adventure. You want, just, just dream with me for a second. You imagine if, if God wanted to grow this church to be a nation-impacting church. Well, I want to tell you this morning, that's what he has. We're already seeing it through politics. We're already seeing it through love is our weapon. We're seeing little elements of it, but it's going to grow. What if the entertainment centre is built there so we can gather together sometimes? Yeah? What happens if we need you to be an usher or a host on Sundays for all the new people? Or to run new people courses or to run a connect group? But you don't understand, I've got things. Have an adventure. Try something new. Try something different this year. Refuse to be boring. (laughs) Hey, can we agree this morning? Let's be a church that refuses boring. Now, if you ask yourself what boring was, the definition, it might be different to yours. But I tell you, I just want our church to be an adventurous church. That's a big subject in itself. With our codes, adventure, we are revival. We are innovators. We are a house of salvation. And we will celebrate. We will celebrate God, people, life, locally, nationally, and globally. The third thing is this. The enemy to our roar is the enemy of fear. I love the fact that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Can I hear an amen? Amen. In a generation, we need this to be our, we need peace to be our banner. And I encourage you, Celebration Church, 
is called to be a church of peace and a church of power, love, and a sound mind. Can I hear an amen? The friend in that, the enemy is fear, but the friend as a church is faith. Faith is our friend. Matthew 17 verse 20 says this, Jesus speaking, he says, because you have so little faith. Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, which is tiny, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. And church, nothing will be impossible for you. Now we have to become good at not just embracing those scriptures in times of crisis. Although I encourage you, embrace them in times of crisis. And hey, if you're a Christian here, you know that often that's all you have. It actually is very like, God, I need you, need the truth of your word. We need to embrace that in times of fruitfulness and breakthrough. We need to have faith, not just for this victory now, but for the overall victory. I want our church to be a church where nothing is impossible for us. I want you, okay, when I say our church, I'm not speaking about me and Charlotte. I'm speaking about you and me. All of us, faith people. Faith people, people who speak faith in the face of impossibility. I want to change that. Stop speaking it. I want you to roar it. Turn to your neighbour and roar at them. (laughs) Wow. Interesting roars. (laughs) All right. Come back to our codes. We are faith people. We are Bible people. We are leaders who raise leaders. We are a well. Hebrews 4.16 says this. It says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Woo, I love this. I love this. I love this. Through the grace of Jesus, through His mercy and His amazing grace, we are forgiven and set free of sin that we may step into and approach the throne room of our Heavenly Father with confidence. As a church, we are a church of godly confidence. What is it that we bring? We bring revival. We bring healing. We bring refreshing. Every time someone new comes to our church or every time you encounter someone in the community, think like this. Pastor and I told me that I need to roar refreshing. How can I refresh this person? I'm going to pay for their coffee. I'm going to pay for the, you know, the Macca's drive through behind me, the car behind me. I'm going to invite that couple around for dinner. Are we going to just bless them with good quality food? We are going to be wells of refreshing. Does that sound good? Again, we have friends and enemies of our roar. Fear is our enemy. Faith is our friend. Isolation is our enemy. Community is our friend. Adventure is our friend. Comfort is our enemy. This year is going to be an incredible year for our church. Oh, let your spirit stir with me. Let your spirit rise up. A couple of things as we finish, though, I just want to just share with you for this year. 
We're going to be launching a bunch of different initiatives. But here's a couple of things. We have to remember our church is a church for everyone. Our church is a church for everyone. We currently have over 40 connects and community connects to join as a church. There are currently 20 volunteer teams to serve in if you want to serve. I don't have anywhere to serve. You do. You do. I put my name down at the office and no one got back to me. Don't be a baby. Honestly, like, we're not babies. Call them again. Chase someone. See someone and say, can I serve on your team? Today I'm serving on your team. Tell them that. Today I'm serving on your team. See what they say. I'm sure Tom Herbert's face would be very like, what the heck is going on? Why? Because we're going to be hungry. And please understand something. Like church, family, we ought to get this. And by the way, I'm not having a go at anybody. Please don't get offended at this. I'm actually, I won't have open, heart, open hearts this year. Don't come to church week in, week out and not serve unless you are so wounded that you can't serve. If you're here for healing, come and sit and be healed. If this is your family, please come and serve somewhere. Listen, our teams can't keep carrying the weight for the rest of our church's slackness. I say this with so much love. I say it with so much heart. Please hear that. But I watch our teams and they are overextended. And I hate the statistic that only, you know, 50% of churches are volunteering. Unless you're travelling a lot, unless you're wounded, unless you're just a visitor, that's okay, there's grace. But if this is your church home, please, if I came to your house, you would not expect me to come and serve you in your house. You will be getting your house ready for me. You'll get a meal ready. You'll get Bickies ready for me, a cup of tea ready for me. You'll be hopefully vacuuming the carpets, whatever it is. We have to be mature. We have to be mature. Oh, we have to be. We just, please, because you've got to understand something, guys. I can't give baby food to people anymore unless you're a baby. Is this okay, wife? You gotta, but please, you've got to understand as a senior pastor, I, I can't keep trying to get involved with the team. Please, you know better. The Bible says to serve, serve. And listen, I say this not with condemnation. I say it with such a big heart for you. Because Tom Herbert is on host every week nearly. He needs someone to give him a week off. Is it okay, Tom, if I use you? Too late. To be really honest, if that offends you, then you probably won't last anywhere in this church because you're missing my heart. You're missing the heart. Hear the heart. The heart is this. We want to, my job is simple. Equip the saints for the work of the ministry. I encourage you, find somewhere. Even if it's once a month, find somewhere. If it's kids' ministry, speak to Ange. If it's band, speak to Nat. If it's office, speak to the office girls. If it's cafe, speak to Lania. If it's host, speak to Tom. Go to my website. Hello Desk can help you. But let's be a church that is passionate and roars when it comes to serving. Jesus was the king. Is the King of Kings, and He gives us this amazing example that just before going to the cross, 
He gets down on his knees and he washes his disciples' feet. And he washes Judas's feet. The one that was going to betray him, he gets down and he gets his hands dirty. The king of kings, it wasn't too great not to serve. As a church family, let's get down on our knees and wash people's feet. Let's wash the new people's feet. It's disgusting and gross, but it is holy and precious. As we say, God, we want to give our best because we want to love your community and love your people. We can all play a part in that. Let's just be this. Is this okay? I hope you can hear my heart. I'm not condemning anybody. But if that does make you feel a bit, ugh, then serve. So this year we want to have a church that serves. We want to have a church that has connect groups. Listen, if you have one other person you meet with, that's a connect group as far as I'm concerned. Yay, high five. Come and tell me I'll high five you. And it won't be sarcastically, I will literally high five you. You will be my hero of the week. I will say, you're getting it. You're a blessing to us as pastors. Thank you for being a blessing to us. You are being a connect because you have connected. Community. Honestly, I say, as a bit of a joke this year, actually not a joke, as an encouragement, if you start a connect group, come and tell me, let me high five you. If you don't like high fives, I'll low five you. I don't really care. We'll work something out. Why is this important? Why is this important, church? Because my heart for you is to see you equipped. This is not a church based around me or my wife. This is a church based around equipping the church, you, to connect and to disciple people. And I want to tell you raw this morning, unashamed, raw, you're a lion, you're not a little hyena. Be a lion. We also have our crash course this year, which is going to be a one-day, four-part, four-hour, one-hour each course to help people when they join the church. First hour, this is who we are. Second hour, this is who Christ is. Third hour, this is who you are as an individual and what graces do you carry. And fourth hour, how can you be a part of our church family? Make it simple. Make it easy. Make it great. I hate long courses. This will be a short course. (laughs) Another thing this year, we're launching our Sisterhood Nights. Yes. Okay. Empowering, empowering, Empowering women to change the world. We have our first event coming up. This is something Pastor Charlie carries deep in her heart, empowering women to be all they're called to be. If you have a half a sisterhood, please come and please chase up my wife. High five her and say, I'm in. How can I help? What can I cook? What can I make? Be annoying in the best possible way. (laughs) Another thing this year we're launching, which is really cool, is our business network. Okay, So our business network is something which is resourcing, leading, and having community together. It's actually going to be a a breakfast we're going to put on for everyone who runs a business or has an entrepreneurial heart who's going to start a business to come together 
to connect with each other, to resource each other, and we're going to get third-party speakers to come in who are established in their fields to share with that group, to inspire that group. And these are for people who feel a call in their heart to finance God's kingdom through business. I think that sounds really cool. Does that sound good to anyone? I think that's really good. So we're starting a business celebration business network this year. So if you're interested in that, um, hello desk at the back. But we'll be giving you more details as we go into launch that more and more. We're also starting, and by the way, I'm going over time for a few minutes, so please give me grace. But we're starting our prayer network this year, which is creating a movement of prayer. Celebration prayer network, what that is, and we're going to break that down more as we get closer to launching that. But basically, we want to create a, a system and a community so that if you have prayer needs, someone else in church will cover you in prayer. That'll be as simple as having a prayer network number. You can text for your prayer needs. You can email the church. Then we'll have a network of people who are prayers, who we will then text out once a week, all the prayer needs for that week. And then as prayers get answered, we'll get those reports back and we'll know what else we can pray for. Who knows that prayer can change things? Yeah, so I think we're thinking like every Wednesday at a certain time, that'll be the text will go out and we'll have an army that is praying. I know that if I need a breakthrough, I'd love to know my church family is praying for me. But more details to come. Hey, we also have coming up, nearly finished. We have a month coming up called the Yours, Mine and Ours Relationship Month. Yours, Mine and Ours. We want to really just empower God-healthy marriages healthy relationships. We also want to empower our singles to do life well. And we actually are going to give a month coming up to, it's going to be called the Yours, Mine and Ours month. And we're going to get some guest speakers in. We're going to look at doing maybe a a weekend together, especially with um, our married couples, just to empower and enrich marriages. I've got a huge heart for family, a huge heart for marriages. We're coming into our fifth year of marriage. I feel like now I'm hitting, going towards number five. I can start to speak a bit on it. I know I'm not, compared to most people, there's a lot more marriage advice, but we just want to equip the church. Does that sound good to our marriage? So that's coming up later in the year as well. The yours, mine and ours month. Let's be a church that roars this year. Let's be a church this year of great testimonies. Great breakthrough, a church of salvation. God has great things for us. We stand to our feet. Why don't we all stand up? We're just going to finish. How cool was that lion roaring? That's what our spirit needs to carry in 2019. And um, we actually have, can I grab the phone thing off you, Jolly? As a gift for you guys today, we're just going to hand these out. We have these stickers, I don't know if you can see that, to put on your phone, fridge, car, whatever, to remind you that 2019 is going to be a year of a godly confidence in your life and a godly confidence in our church. So the host can hand those through, that'd be great. Yeah, fantastic. Anything you want to say? 
I'm just excited, church. I think that, oh, I'm, oh no, we're good. We're there. Um, yeah, I'm just excited, church. I think that God has incredible things for us. And the more that we know who we are as individuals and what we bring, the more that we can see revival sweep through our city. And again, everything that we're talking about comes to the simple fact that we want people to encounter the love of Jesus. We want people to be saved and set free in Jesus' mighty name. And it starts with you guys roaring into your families, into your workplaces, into your schools. So I'm really excited. And ladies, more information about the Sisterhood Nights as well. I'm super pumped for that. That's going to be really fun as well. But yeah, it's going to be a good year. It is going to be a good year. Who's blessed this morning? Yeah. Come on. Well, why don't we just finish? We're going to pray over you. We're going to roar over you in the spiritual realm. So why don't if you're married, take the hand of your partner. If you're single, why don't you put your shoulder, put your hand on the shoulder of your person next to you? Why not? It's a sign of unity. If you're new here, that's, don't be awkward. It's all good. It's fine. If you're single and there's someone you like here, this is a good place to position yourself <laughs> next to the person. All right. All right. All right. All right. Why don't we just pray? Let's just declare God's blessing over this year. Father God, we thank you so much for 2019 and together we stand a celebration church and we just declare that this will be a year to roar, roar your goodness, roar your grace, roar who you are, roar who you've created us to be and Father, we just declare right now that this will be a year where we see revival, God, into every area, in every situation, God, that your spirit will come and have its way. Holy Spirit, I pray that you start to stir hearts for family members, for friends, for salvations, for different things that they've been praying for for years, God, that this will be a year when we see you move and we see you move powerfully. God, enlarge our tent, enlarge our space, God, multiply us in Jesus' name. We're excited and we send out our incredible church family, our incredible church army this week with a mighty roar that they are yours, they are called, they are chosen, they are your sons, they are your daughters, and you want to use them and work with them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Woo! So good. Have a great, have a great day, guys. If you want prayer, come down the front. We'll, we'll pray with you if you need prayer. Otherwise, be blessed. Roar in Jesus' name. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.